Hello, everybody. My name's John. I'm Bob. He's Bye. They're Butch. And together we are the Butch and the Bye. And this is the Butch and the Bye, the podcast. The Sobfest. The Sobfest. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't be a Pride Month episode if we weren't sad. Uh, before we get into what we watched this week, which was just a lot, uh, <laughs> we are excited to announce, first things first, to celebrate the 100th episode of the podcast, which is insane. 100 real episodes of the podcast anyways, because holidays don't count. Um, We have the good fortune to put it on at Arcade Comedy Theater. Uh, It's 943 Liberty Avenue, downtown Pittsburgh. On July 22nd, it was a Friday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. So if you find yourself in the Pittsburgh area that Friday and want to see us record an episode of the podcast live and want to help us commemorate 100 episodes of the podcast, you can uh, you can go go. There will be information when tickets are available. But in the meantime, you can follow us and we will be doing announcement posts and there may be some other things along the way. Mm-hmm. We'll also be joined by some friends of the podcast, people yes. you all be familiar with. And yeah, we're very excited and it's going to be a great time. Anyways, <laughs> Bob, what movie did you make me watch today? I had suggested a movie that I had been meaning to watch and we decided to watch, which is Uncle Frank on Amazon Prime, starring Paul Bettany as the titular Frank. Yeah, movie stars Paul Bettany, Sophia Lillis, Peter Mac DC. Judy Greer, Steve Zahn, Lois Smith, Margot Martindale, Stephen Root, and Colton Ryan. Uh, the movie's directed and written by Alan Ball, uh, and is produced by Bill Block, Michael Costigan, Jay Von Hoy, Stephen Muir, uh, or Stephanie Muir, Peter McDesey, and Alan Ball. Uh, and the score is by Nathan Barr. So the year is 1973. Uh, Sophia Lillis' character Beth moves to New York to go to college, uh, and her favorite uncle, growing up, the one who was very sensitive and kind, uh, is a teacher at the school she goes to. And through going to a party with her believed boyfriend uh, at Uncle Frank's place, uh she discovers that Uncle Frank is not one of the straights. Nope. And that's, I, I pretty much just knew this was gay movie, The Road Trip. Mm-hmm. That's, that is all I knew going into this. It's like, oh, Vision and that girl from it are going to go on a road trip and something will ensue. I, um, content warning for this movie. Mm-hmm. If you are gay. Yep. And you have a soul left. You will cry for the last 30 minutes of this movie. Yeah. Um, it is a very good movie. Um, I think it, and this is both bad and good, it highlights a lot of the fears of being gay. Um, and it also highlights, I think, a lot of things that uh, the younger gays don't think about all the time. And I think a lot of people in our generation don't really fully processed sometimes, which is, uh, shit was really, really, really bad. And it's still really, really bad in a lot of places and and even here in the States. 
but uh, specifically, you know, uh, especially when we flash back to some of Frank's youth, um, it was not a lit time to be one of the gays. Uh, so, Bob, I know you have some notes. I have some notes, And I have yes. some specific thoughts. This very well may be the shortest episode of the podcast, yeah. folks. Yeah. Because we are sad. This is, this is not a fun movie. Uh, there are some fun moments. There oh, yeah. are some great moments of levity. But... I was trying to. I was looking at my my full page of notes and trying to pull out certain notes of fun things. The good ones. Yeah. <laughs> I only have dark things to say, Bob. Yeah. No. A couple of funny things is the fact that Frank and his partner Wally share the same beard. Uh, Charlotte, who is a professional <laughs> beard and otherwise lesbian, and is just a very fun. The little bits of interaction you get to see between them are all very fun where Wally's like don't you dare take uh credit for my cooking um which is very funny uh there is a moment where we get to see a casserole parade because they're a funeral in the south and you get to see just a bunch of different people just their hands carrying a different casserole and I thought that was a fun touch of levity um and then just Wally and Beth's uh getting to know each other they have a lot of fun together so there's also a lot of great little um, There's a lot of great little character moments, especially mm-hmm. between Frank and Wally early on in the movie. Um, and that's the thing. Frank's uh, a, a very, and because and we're seeing it through the eyes of Beth, a, a very endearing person, a very interesting person, and a very uh, sensitive and astute person. Um, and I don't think this movie terribly falls into the problem of like, oh, we're telling a queer story through the lens of a straight white girl kind of thing. Like it's not terribly invasive in that way, but there are some parts, especially the end. And we'll talk about the end. Um, but, but for the most part, uh, it does a pretty good job of, at, to a point being accurate to the times. Um, and I think too, yeah, like you said, there's, during the party, there's just a lot of great moments uh, between some of the party goers and watching her bumble around and react to things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So Frank is the oldest of three. Three. Mm-hmm. Um, and his dad, who we see is a truly awful person in every way. Yeah. Stephen Root, for those that don't remember his name, uh, may be familiar with his work in Get Out, in which he played the old blind guy that was going to get the main character's body uh, when the whole procedure was done by uh, Bradley Whitford from fucking uh, The West Way. <laughs> I just assume that's what he did after he retired from mm-hmm, being in West Wing. Mm-hmm. Um, One of my favorite yeah. types of comedy is any, it just the constant referring to characters by their actors, just mm-hmm. because like sometimes you remember character names and sometimes you just don't. Yeah. Well, because some actors are, it's like the Nick Cage movie, right? That just came out. Like mm. some actors, you just can't see past. They they've gotten a point. Hugh Jackman's another one where I'm like, I mm. could you could not put him in front of me, and I would not see him as a unique new character. Like, unfortunately, I think that's the way it goes. Is sometimes you have a standout role, like Daniel Radcliffe. Hard as he may try, and he has tried hard and succeeded hard to some degree. Boy's always going to be Harry Potter. That, it does help that he... It helps a little bit with kids because they very, grow up. He graduated, basically, from Harry. It was like yeah. Harry Potter was childhood. Everything else has been posted. Yeah, it's... So that helps It's to easier that when there's... Yeah, but if you get any sort of if notoriety... If you were in that generation it, when it was coming out, 
he's just Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah. You you can never fully escape the that. The only other one that sticks out is Swiss Army Man because it was just so weird. Um, but like otherwise, like literally, they had him in the second. Now you see, see mm. us or movie or whatever. Which I love those movies. They're fucking weird and fun. But he plays uh, a magician, mm-hmm. and it knocks on the whole Harry Potter thing the whole time because again, they had Daniel Radcliffe in a movie about parlor trick magicians. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, um. But yeah, so truly, of of this character is just like a vicious patriarch and like yells at the young kids and threatens violence and is just generally an unpleasant person. Yeah, played to perfection. Like, it's oh, yeah. you, the second he snapped, there some of the younger kids in the family are running in front of the TV early on in the movie, and uh, the way he just unleashes hell basically Mm -hmm. and uh in this movie we get glimpses um obviously spoilers but we get glimpses throughout of frank's past and his first love uh it was a a young guy named sam uh in his hometown and when his father stumbles upon the two in uh, frank's bedroom doesn't say anything look of disappointment goes downstairs and then eventually when frank is coming downstairs he just threatens him. He's like, you never see that boy again. Uh, and I mean, if you do, I'll kill you both. Yeah. And the and, whole, like, you're going to hell and everything. And they're, they're talking, not looking at it. Well, he's talking, not looking at his eye. Cause it, with, he has a tear in his eye. Yeah. He's crying. Yeah. Which is like. Because he thinks he's protecting his son. He thinks he's protecting his son. He's worried about these things as he has a genuine fear, which is never going to erase the fact that he was terrible. Yeah. So he, so Frank goes out into the woods to meet with Sam and, and, and dumps him in a very brutal way because it's very much, he just regurgitates everything yep. he heard from his father. And, uh, the implication from the note is that Sam then went and drowned himself in the lake where they first met or where they were hanging out, I guess, mm-hmm. when they first realized they had feelings for each other. And, uh, yeah, that's just the tip of the iceberg, baby. Yeah, it very much, uh, the, the portrait we get of Frank is very much like he, um, he's doing okay in New York because he's very separated from everything. And as he gets closer and closer to home, the trauma just keep, it just fully breaches and gets out of hand. Um, well, I think cause he knows what's coming. I think, I think he's very aware of the potential of what was going to happen. And I think to, he reminded me a lot of me um, before I came out, which was before I got therapy, um, (laughs) which was always very serious um, to a degree where I get where some people get the, where they got their initial impression that I was maybe a bit cold um, (laughs) is like, cause I spent so long just reserving a lot of myself for me and for nobody else and and not dealing with that and you know i i we we talked about this we uh, did big queer improv show this past weekend and chrissy costa was the guest and she's a comedian and she talked about coming out in the early 2000s and and you know i my my aunt and my uh cousin uh were kind of in the similar boat of they did the heavy lifting for me as far as um coming out goes with my dad's side of the family um, and like, you know, my parents were relatively supportive, but that didn't change the fact that like that fear of just being outed and like your life, it, you wouldn't think 
it would change. And it's so different now too, even in, in the period of time between when it was legalized, I think 2015 to now it's very different. Um, but like, you don't think you would, it would change things. The problem is, as a kid, when you're thinking about it, you just think it's going to change all the bad ways. Mm-hmm. You think it's going to be, you're going to be a prior, you're going to be disowned, you're going to be this. And even if your family has spent time being supportive of other queer people, that may just be, oh, well, we're being neighborly, we're being good, we're being patient, whatever. You've no idea. And then, you know, it's, you come out and it's, depends on the situation and luckily for me it was for the most part good i haven't too I, i've been fortunate to have not have too many terrible experiences but like yeah he the dad puts it in his will and outs his son to the core family and um does i think what wally thought he did was probably what i probably would have done in a similar situation I think being outed like that, um, or even similar to like Love Simon, I don't think I would have survived that at that moment in in my life. Um, and it's you you watch him, you you see the color drain from Frank, the closer he gets to home, and you see how Wally, uh, who is his partner of ten years, is kind of his his canary in the coal mine kind of thing, and um. Yeah, it's just hard to watch that. And then also just just what, the realization of uh, this isn't just going to be, oh, he's not going to leave me any money. This is the realization that he's going to take whatever semblance of my youth that I had. Because in, in Frank's head, his youth was being not being out and being, you know, a good, good Catholic boy and being good Southern boy and... It's hard, and and the part the part of this movie that I don't, while boy is it nice, I don't really love it all that much. Is that pretty much everyone in his family is supportive in their own way, um, and there there are good examples of how people tend to be supportive. It even translates to now Judy Greer's character specifically is like, oh my god, no, I'm so excited to have another gay in my life. My hairdresser's gay, and you two would get along great, like. There's that. And then there's the um the oldest family member is just like she's like, Oh, y'all the, the, yeah, there was this kid and he was a tissy and and uh you know you're all going to hell, but she was saying it in such a sweet way, and it's like there's that version of it. Which he his reply is something that I also was like keeping in my mind forever. It's just I know that you are doing the best that you can. Yeah. And just accepting that in certain situations. Like, okay, that's, you're like, yeah, people like you've always existed. You're not alone. You're all going to hell. It's like, oh, well, that's the best Thanks, that you as a person. Butch. Yeah. It's also the B names, Butch and then Bo, who married into, he had one sister that he was out to. And that was. Yeah. the one, the, And she was the one that was like, the Bible allows slavery. Yeah. Uh, and she's arguing with him at the end because yeah. Bo is having a hard time. Uh, coming to terms with this fact, um, yeah. but uh, Neva, it's her name. Neva's the sister, sister yeah, yeah. Who's their their little chat uh, during the funeral is on the porch. Yeah, yeah. it's very sweet. <sighs> and and the brother. So the the it, early on in the movie, it shows the brother kind of taking after the dad and the way he talks, the yells at the kids and stuff. And uh, when he does come over for dinner, he's very much like, 
saying shit. Like, God damn it, you fucking boomers. Uh, which I don't think these are even boomers, right? Or would they? Well, I guess they would be because 40, they'd be in their 20s and 30s at this point. No, what are, what's the generation born after World War II? Is that boomers? Yeah. They're like in their 30s and 40s, so maybe they're not boomers. Might be silent generation. Maybe. I was under the impression that their father was. Just a, yeah, weird thing. But, but the point being, they set him up to be more of an antagonistic figure. And later yeah. on in the movie, you get a great moment at the funeral parlor where Frank's just arrived. He's at his father's open casket and clearly thinking, I, I imagine every horrible thing you could be thinking about a person and being glad they're dead. And, um, and all the complicated feelings that go with that, especially with your mother being like, he loved you in his own way. Um, but, but, uh, the brother reveals basically like he used to ask about you kind of thing. And it's that like, it, and I, I hate to say it because there's a monster in this movie, but he was reacting in the best way that he could. Mm-hmm. And the best was very bad. It was very bad. It, Again, yeah. because it's set in 1973 and this is just, it's so it's, this is a gut punch after gut punch kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a, I mean the point where he, yeah, from the moment he gets out to, I mean, he ends up, he goes to the lake, and they think he jumps in. They think that he killed himself, and he shows back up at the motel, and uh, him and Wally get in a fight, and he starts calling Wally a number of slurs, and he punches him, and it's it's so hard to watch. Mm-hmm. And to just see the pain on Wally's face of, like, knowing that what's going on. And then having him make his way back and start seeing Sam in some capacity, it's just hard. Yeah, no, it's... Wally is fully too good, deserves the world, is... It's one of those hard things where you're like, oh, I know what you're going through, and also, you shouldn't have done that. He also, like, they address it when uh, Frank is like, I'm so sorry, and Wally's like, you should be. Yeah. But is still very loving, and it's it. I feel like it's a really lovely, like it, it's it's a, it's a beautiful queer relationship where it's like ah yes, this is just a couple very traumatized gays trying to make it work, um, as best they can, and it is a little easier. Also, it. I feel like the balance of people being doing their best with it and people being kind of dumb about it in the family is not unreasonable. It's probably not, it's not the majority of. The problem is they set that town up as clearly like a sundown town. Mm-hmm. Like they, they clearly set it up as this is a community that will hunt you down kind of thing. I mean, and the, that's, that's the part that got me was they very much, this is a very small Southern town. A small southern town in the 70s did not have that many people that were that accepting. Because even that, even that's extremely, like, some of the, like, I, I, I get that they couldn't completely, like, they couldn't just then spend the rest of the movie being like, and then he went, and then they were awful to him, and, like, they couldn't do that. And they weren't going to. But, like, to me, it, it took me out of it a little bit. Just because, because of the fear he had. And because specifically in that time period, the fear is not unfounded. Yeah, I think. I think because they are his family, it's like that's the thing is like if you had just been like 
or meeting a gay stranger, people in general have been like more are more willing to change a huge part of their ideology when faced with someone they love. And some of the family members had a lot more time. Like the mom knew. You know, she lets him know, like, yeah, mothers know. Like, they had more time to process it outside of that. But, and that's what the one moment that really stood out to me is, like, man, this really is annoying that it's set through the eyes of Beth, is the scene at the graveyard where she makes it about herself. And I'm, like, literally the second most traumatic thing that has ever happened in this man's life just happened to him. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like... love that for you bud great but no like and and knowing how her dad his brother responds to things like she should be more cognizant of like yeah i can see why you're you're freaking out and hugging your dead lover's gravestone right now Mm -hmm. which again i mean i was uh, was a wreck and even thinking about it it's hard yeah it's yeah, I don't know if I have much to add. We recommend it. Yeah, it's it's very very good. Yeah, just you know, be prepared. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a lot of emotions and uh, specifically that has her like his mother says you had an uncle, and then there's also the little kid who puts on his mom's shoes mm. and. Beth kind of sees that and then it's like that awareness of the importance like your your aunt and your cousin like the importance of if you can making things easier for the inevitable gay people that will come after mm-hmm. like if there's enough people in your family someone's queer <laughs> yeah well and that's I was talking to a friend recently and and I mentioned like yeah like your marriage was made a lot of land in 2015 and she didn't believe me for a second because it's just so out of her radar which to a degree I get but also like it's that thing of like I I get it to a degree of like yeah like that's why when you meet gay people they're angry if you're even slightly a dick because no <laughs> like because all of as a, a popular internet post said you killed all the nice ones now you just got us cockroach yeah. bitches left <laughs> if if a gay person has survived this far they're going to be a bit snippy about certain things because there's someone who could survive that and, and we that's have where every, every right to be cockroach. And that's where a lot of that because certain people have realized they can't do a lot against the gays anymore if they've transitioned, ironically, to focusing on trans folks. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, you snuff that shit out when you see it. Snuff the transphobic shit out, snuff the just anything that is just trying to control people based on who they are um because it's just even the even the bad parts of growing up any sort of queer sexuality wise uh i think a lot of people forget can pale in comparison to something like that because that's so much more drastically visible. That's so much more drastically stigmatized right now. Bathroom bills, it's sports, it's across the board, it's a lot of bullshit. Um, and so if you wonder why gays get angry at you when you say some dumb transphobic shit, or when you're arguing or or pushing back on a talking point, 
Hey, we love it. This was a great episode of the <laughs> podcast. I'm wow. Yeah, that's anything else, Bob. This is the nope, dark that's one. It. Okay. Uh, you can check out www.thebutchandthebuy.com. That is A-N-D, not ampersand, because the internet does not like ampersand, where you can find all of our social media links and all the episodes and blah, 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 blah. Life's great. Uh, Let Paul Bettany play a genuinely goofy character, because that's what I'm most disappointed. No, emotionally stunted robots only, please. We got to be so goofy in the first two episodes of WandaVision, and that's what I want. And then, like, you had mentioned this, wasn't he in some gay movie? And this book before we had seen a long time ago. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if he's like that. And I'm just like, just please let Paul Bettany be gum stuck in machinery vision more. It's <laughs> yes. so funny. And he's, yeah. Yeah. Fine. You can listen to more of our stuff. Happier things. Happier things. <laughs> like literally last week's episode where we talked about our flags mean flag means death, which is a gay pirate show, uh, which does not do trauma. Um, well, just trauma, but not a lot of the gay trauma. Yeah, not a lot of the gay trauma, and also is done with a very. I feel like it's it's done. Psycho Watiti. It's yeah, yeah. They're they're doing it with the understanding that they're trying to make a show that is pleasant for queer people yeah. to watch. The it's 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 fanfic about pirates. So mm-hmm. uh, if you'd like a happier gay show for Pride, go check that out. And yeah, Friday, uh, July twenty second at nine thirty p.m. at Arcade Comedy Theater. Uh, you should go see it. You should go see it live. Uh, we're excited. We have been putting in work to this and into the show and into that show specifically. And I'm very excited. And this project has been probably one of the most, uh, rewarding and one of the things that gets me through the day to day monotony of the other stuff. And it would really mean a great deal to have people celebrate that with us so yeah as soon as we have ticket information we'll post that up we're gonna have all sorts of fun stuff going on for it and yeah you can make sure to follow us on the social channels to stay up to date yeah bye butch